One of the greatest seasons of Mariners history has unfortunately come to a close after an historic night at T-Mobile Park on Saturday. And we've had a couple of days to sit and reflect on the loss and the end of this incredible journey this team took us all on. And now we're ready to talk about it. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, October 17th, 2022. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. We're back. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. Now, uh, tomorrow's show will give this team a proper send-off, but today we'll touch upon a little bit of everything from Saturday's game, including George Kirby's incredible start and just the legendary performance by the Mariners pitching staff as a whole, how this game exposed the Mariners' bigness, biggest weakness and showed exactly what they need to accomplish this offseason. And uh, just we're going to talk about the overall atmosphere at T-Mobile Park for its first playoff game in 21 years because it was absolutely electric. Whether you're at the ballpark or not, you can tell. And uh, we're going to get Colby's perspective on that with uh, him uh, being there. Uh, but Colby, the Mariners, after the series, and yeah, they got swept and it, it, it was rough. Uh, but they have established now an actual rival. Not a forced rivalry like with the Padres or what have you. Like a real rival that Mariners fans can truly hate. And that's good. That's good because that means that you're actually doing something as an organization. That means that you're actually accomplishing something as a baseball team. But, you know, Colby, as the Astros let us know on Twitter, they refuse to lose. They embrace the chaos <laughs> and they'll see us next year. Yeah, uh, things you definitely say when you're absolutely not threatened by an up and coming team that really outplayed you for a majority of three straight games and very easily could be headed to the ALCS right now. Um, because yeah, they're, they're beneath you. So you don't take those shots. Uh, right. I mean, that that's just logical, but I guess, you know, if you're threatened by somebody, you try and uh, take them down a few pegs uh, when you still have some power, but uh Unfortunately for them, it's not going to work. I'm just here to let Houston Astros fans know, and I know some of you have been trolling the show recently. Um, guys got to be careful because I'm telling you right now, nobody does petty in sports better than the city of Seattle. Uh, and if you don't believe me, you can go ask Russell Wilson what he thinks about it. Uh, you can go ask Oklahoma City Thunder what they think about it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but uh, just understand something. Uh, it's going to come around on you. I, I I know some of you guys are smart out there. Some of you Astros fans, there's a few smart, smart ones of you. And you can read the writing on the wall of how things are starting to shift, right? Maybe you're on top right now, but things are starting to shift. And you just had, well, let's see, uh, 36 innings of playoff baseball as, you know, kind of a, just kind of a, a proof of concept that things are starting to shift. The gap between these two teams uh, has never been smaller. Uh, Mariners have a long way to go, but they've never been closer and they have the, they have the money, they have the resources, they have the prospects that they can turn this thing into a, uh, real battle for the supremacy of the division for the next half decade as we wait for Texas or Oakland or the angels to step their game up. So, um, don't worry, we do you know, congratulations for the angels. <laughs> That's true. Uh, congratulations. You guys were the better team. Uh, no question about it. 
won 3-0. Uh, you won by four games or by four runs. Wow. Domination. Yep. Uh, definitely reason to talk smack for a team that's been to six straight ALCS is we beat this peasant of a team by four runs. <laughs> okay. Good luck against Houston. Uh, good luck against New York or Cleveland. Um, we'll see how it goes for you. But uh, yeah, I'm sure you're feeling great about how your team played over the last three games. Yeah, I'd say that Houston has a very good path to winning a uh, championship this year, whether they face New York or Cleveland, plus San Diego and Philly on the other mm-hmm. side of things. Like they're not going to have to face the Dodgers. They're not going to have to face the Braves. Like, yeah. yeah. Boy, they better do it this year then. They really do. Because how many ALCSs can you go to? Without another championship before it's it's really not for anything. Yeah. Like imagine you go you go play the Yankees, right, and you lose four to two. All that smack talk to play six extra games that didn't mean anything. It's very like Ooh. Buffalo Bills esque. Do you want to be the Buffalo Bills? Yeah. Or do you actually want to be like, you know, a good team? That actually wins yeah, championships it, well, that actually, you know, finishes <laughs> at the end of things, you know, like doesn't just right. make it to the dance, actually, you know, dances their asses off, which yeah. I know the Mariners did a lot we'll this year. And I know that the, the, the Astros are dancing their way to the ALCS. But I'm just going to say this as, uh, as, as much as, uh, you know, Astros fans have let me know on Twitter that this is a, you know, a championship baseball team, you know, that I, I could never imagine that, you know, as a Mariners fan, which is true. I've never watched a championship baseball team in my life. I've never rooted for a championship baseball team in my life. Totally true. Totally fair point. It's really weird, though, for a team that's made it to six straight ALCS, has made it to a few World Series. You're really celebrating the hell out of winning the ALDS. Again, something you definitely do when you're not threatened by the team you just beat. Yeah, we don't think about you guys at all. You guys are nothing to us. Mm. So it's fine. Hey, sure. you get your ALDS. You get your ALDS win now. That's cool. You mm-hmm. beat the Mariners. That's great. And hey, you know I didn't have any expectations of the Mariners actually winning this series. I went on locked on Astros and I said Astros in five. I was a couple games off. I mean, technically one game off if you want to <laughs> count Saturday's game as two games, which you literally could because it was quite literally two games, thirty six innings. And of the and of thirty of those thirty six innings, the Mariners were either tied or had the lead. So, mm-hmm. pretty pretty close. But at the end of the day, the Mariners did not win this series, and for a lot of reasons. Uh, one being their offense, which I think we should get into right now because the offense was not good on Saturday, uh. And this showed you exactly what the Mariners' weakness is as a whole. They are just, they don't have the piece, they don't have enough pieces in place, uh, offensively speaking, to beat quality pitching, which the Astros have a lot of. By the way, I just want to make it clear my beef is with Astros fans and the Astros social media team, not the actual team itself, not the actual Astros. They're a really good team. No beef whatsoever with those guys. That's a really good team. A lot of talent. Jordan Alvarez is awesome that pitching staff is disgusting and you saw it mm-hmm. but the this Mariners offense is just not built yet to beat quality pitching like that Lance McCullers just shredded through them Julio was just completely utterly confused by Lance McCullers slider uh and uh you know and that's really the story at the end of the day the Mariners didn't have depth offensively to uh score any runs to you know they had opportunities they had a couple guys in scoring position at times with you know a chance to walk it off 
and just couldn't get that hit. Uh, and, you know, usually like when they were able to get someone on base, their two, three, four guys were not able to drive them in. Ty France had some really rough at bats. Adam Frazier had some really rough at bats in the six or seven hole, wherever he was in the lineup. And he had a couple of opportunities to walk it off. That's just what it ultimately came down to. Just the Mariners just don't have enough offensive firepower to go out and beat elite pitching when it really matters right now. And so that's what they have to work on this offseason. I think that's really the the biggest goal heading into the offseason is building an offense that can actually beat the Garrett Coles of the world, the Justin Verlanders of the world. And yeah, they had success against Verlander last Tuesday, but you need to be able to rely on that more, not to just like look at that and be like, eh, that's kind of a fluke. And, like, the next time we see Verlander, that's not going to happen again. Like, you want to have a, at least a little bit of, of confidence going into any single game that you're going to be able to score at least a couple of runs. Because not being able to score any runs through 18 innings of baseball against any pitching staff, that's bad. Yep. So... This is uh, what we're going to be talking about all offseason long, really, with this offense is you got to add more firepower. You got to add elite offensive talent. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to be, you know, saying the, the Mariners need to go out and sign Aaron Judge, but we're going to be talking a lot. Like of, they could. Yeah. But we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, the Xander Bogarts of the world, the Carlos Correa's of the world, the Andrew Benintendi's of the world, the Brandon Nemo's of the world. We're going to be talking about trade targets, all that stuff. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so I want to give props to this uh, Mariners pitching staff because, you know, in order to get to 18 innings of ball without scoring a single run, you needed to be pretty darn good pitching-wise, and they were excellent from top to bottom. And it all started with George Kirby. We'll be talking about his day and the uh, pitching performance from the Mariners bullpen in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have, cho- have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is, de- is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not at home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. George Kirby, man. <laughs> George Kirby. What can you say? I mean, this was an elimination game in the first playoff game at T-Mobile Park in 21 years, and you're a rookie. <laughs> like the, and you're going up against the defending AL champs, the the team that has gone to six straight ALCS, a team with tons of firepower throughout its lineup, including Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve and Kyle Tucker, all those guys, 
And it just didn't phase George Kirby whatsoever. He goes seven scoreless innings in this one, gives up just six hits, a lot of them just kind of little dink and dunk shots. And he strikes out five, doesn't walk anyone. I mean, the Mariners pitching staff as a whole only walked one guy the whole game for all 18 innings. They had a couple of hit-by-pitches, but that was it. And, uh, I mean, he got into some trouble there, uh, especially in the, uh, I believe it was the seventh inning that he got into trouble, and Pete Woodworth came out, kind of calmed him down. I think he was, like, even cracking a joke with him or something, and, like, George kind of, like, turned his back on Woodworth and, like, didn't even want to talk to him. And then he comes back and uh, gets the next couple outs. It was just, it was awesome. Uh, This was a legendary pitching performance by George Kirby in a huge moment. And, I mean, it's got to make you feel confident for his career in general that he can, like, if he can do this now in a big game like that, given all the circumstances and not even look phased whatsoever by it, like, that's got to give you confidence that this dude is, like, really, really special. Yeah. um, You know, it was was interesting. You're facing elimination. You know, Kirby's in a little bit of trouble there in the seventh and – you know, and I believe Altuve's up, and, and you're sitting there like, okay, well, he got he got the nine hole guy out, fine, whatever. But now this is Altuve, Kirby's, you know, getting to the end of the rows. Uh, probably go ahead and make the change, and and they didn't. They they stuck with him, uh, and of course he goes out there and um, he he strike out Altuve. It's hard to remember. There were a lot of strikeouts in big situations from this from this pitching staff, but uh, either way, he get he gets out of it. Uh, you know, and and it's it's that that little difference right there is what you know turns a performance from like like this great performance to like a legendary performance it's getting that big out when the team finally you know has a threat and everyone's like okay maybe they should they should make a change here and and kirby got it and he was just in total control of this game from start to finish uh it was it was vintage kirby it's what we saw before the uh i mean he had a little bit of a swoon there in late september and i don't know if that was fatigue or what that was but you know, it's basically what we saw from that first Orioles start until the start against what Detroit. Uh, it was it was basically the same George Kirby, and the fact that he was able to maintain that uh, that level of dominance uh, all year and then carry it into the playoffs really uh, is is something that's you know incredibly impressive. And, and Mariners fans uh, should feel pretty confident knowing that they got a great one uh, in George Kirby, and and really should feel pretty confident about um, you know all the all the pitchers uh, who threw. Uh, in the playoffs this year, possible exception here and there. But, you know, Luis Castillo had two amazing outings. You look at George Kirby, he had a great outing. Uh, Logan Gilbert's outing, probably the worst not ma- made by somebody not named Robbie Ray, right? Probably the the fourth best. And it was still, what, five and a third of three-run ball against Houston, and, and two of those runs come on like the cheapest double you'll ever see in your life. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was a really good uh, – postseason for Mariners pitching with the exception of one game. Um, and uh, yeah, Kirby just kind of capped it off and, and that's definitely something to build on. Uh, Kirby probably enters this off season uh, as the Mariners second best pitcher behind Castillo, which is, uh, you know, Agreed. great, great to, great to build on and, and, and plan ahead with. He was sensational. And I mean, you think about the two moments that he appeared in this postseason holding a one run lead, in a hostile environment in Toronto to close for the first time in his career coming out of the bullpen. Did it. No issues whatsoever. And then this game. Again, the first playoff game in Seattle in 21 years, an elimination game against the Houston Astros 
and shuts them down and obviously had some help with the shadows and all that stuff but again like seven innings of shutout ball against that team in an elimination game George Kirby is a dude <laughs> like I felt like you know I usually go high upside with um my Cy Young picks like I, I went Shane McClanahan this year um there's a non-zero chance I'm taking George Kirby to win the Cy Young next year I don't know if it'll actually happen, but I think when we do our preseason predictions, that's going to be a, a heavy consideration for me. Yeah, when we do them in five months. Yeah, um, when we do them in five months. But like, yeah. just think it out ahead. Like this guy, like he's he's got the juice, man. George Kirby's got the juice. Now let's talk about the uh, the bullpen, which was also equally phenomenal. And obviously, you know, Penn Murphy gave up the home run in the 18th inning. Whatever. You know, this bullpen was nuts. Uh, Andres Munoz came in and looked like Andres Munoz. Thank God. Uh, three strikeouts. The slider was disgusting. Diego Castillo was probably the weakest link. Maybe Matthew <laughs> Boyd. Uh, yeah, going to uh, old uh, Dominican big boss in that moment was questionable, to say the least. And uh, yeah. did not go well. <laughs> no, it didn't. I don't think we're allowed to to bash Scott today too much because his offense no. scored zero runs in 18 innings. So, yeah. But, yeah, we we were going to nitpick a little bit. You know, yeah. Uh, hmm. Santana or uh, Castillo for the ninth in a tie game and not Munoz for another inning. In an elimination game. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or Eric Swanson, who, by the way, Finally. is alive. Is and alive. By, did he's a, did he's he look alive. okay? Did he look okay? Yeah. Oh. He looked okay to me. I don't know. I just, you know. Uh, Ooh, I know, I, like, hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't want to do this no. to myself, but it was hard to think about, or it was hard not to think about what that could have looked like on if. Tuesday when he struck out <laughs> Jordan Alvarez on yep. Saturday. Didn't he strike out Tucker, too? I'm pretty sure he did. Um, I think so, yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, Ty, real fast. If if I told you the Mariners were going to lose, right? They were going to lose one nothing in extras. Would mm. you have preferred that they lost by Swanson giving up a home run to Jordan, just so you could be like, okay, like, like I know that's not how it works for normal people, but like we're not talking <laughs> sure. rationality here. We're talking baseball. So, yeah. Now, uh, would you have preferred that, or did you like that Swanson went out there and just like shoved, and you're like, okay, well. I mean, like it, what it could was, have been? It, it was pain, but I was so fired up in the moment too that it was like, oh my god, he just struck out Jordan, <laughs> like he struck out Kyle Tucker and all this stuff. Like we're yeah. we're still alive. Like I yeah. didn't, I ultimately didn't care in the moment. But again, it was hard not to think about what could have been on uh, on Tuesday. So I really, yeah. I really think if you won Game One, you you would have won the series. But whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. We, so if, if we can talk if, about that later. After Diego comes out, though, you know, he gave up a couple base runners. Uh, it was second and third after he got a sack fly. Uh, Scott comes out and gets him. Thank God he didn't let him try to work through it. <laughs> I was a little worried about that. So good on Scott to at least recognize the mistake that he made and uh, nip that in the bud and go to Matt Brash, who we said this season, if you were going to put Matt Brash in the bullpen, he was going to be that guy that if you need a strikeout, he's, that's, that's your guy. Like, it's strikeout or bust with Matt Brash, and <laughs> he comes through with two of the biggest strikeouts in, I would say, Mariners history, <laughs> even though they didn't even win this game. I mean, it was it was massive, that moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I mean, it was just filth. It was filth. The sliders to Jose Altuve, Altuve had no idea what he was doing at the plate. He looked completely, utterly lost. 
I was surprised that that Altuve didn't have a moment in this series at all because it kind of felt like, you know, he's struggling, uh, but he's had he, such a great year. Like, he's finally going to break through. It got to, like, 0 for 14, 0 for 15, 0 for 16, and it's like he's going to come through here, and it just never happened. Never got close, really, even. Yeah. Um, Altuve still found a way to impact the game. He made a couple of really good def- defensive plays at second yeah. uh, in game two. Uh, but, yeah, I think he finished this series 0 for 17. Uh I think he got on base once on a fielder's choice, uh, and uh, he went 0 for 8 <laughs> on on Saturday. Uh, and the biggest one being the the Matt Brash strikeout, just just you know Colin White Castle because he was just serving up all those sliders all day. Uh, and uh, you know it's it just funny Altuve missed each one of the sliders by a wider and wider margin. Uh, he never even got close to making the adjustment on it. Uh, and yeah, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was fun to see because, you know, we saw Munoz, uh, I'll clean it up a little for the show, but I had, I had put out the idea that Munoz had his, uh, FU fastball going in his mm-hmm. outing. It was really the first time we've seen him dominate with the fastball as opposed to the slider the slider was still very good, but the fastball, he really used it this time around. Well, Brash brought out the FU sliders and, and Altuve had, didn't have a chance. He was missing yeah. those pitches by like a foot. And he just kept on throwing the same exact pitch, and Altuve kept on swinging at it. Uh, so yeah, the the bullpen was amazing. You know, um, you know it's Brash and, and Munoz kind of steal the show, but Penn Murphy was great. Man. We have Matt to talk Festa about was Paul. great. We have to talk yep. about Paul Seawald. Threw mm-hmm. the most pitches he had all year, and he's like worn down, and he's had some really awful outings as of late, and he got through it. It got a little shoved. dicey there, here and there, but like for the most part, he shoved, as you said. Mm-hmm. And that was a great way for him to end his season. You didn't want yeah. him to end his season the way that, you know, things happen no. in, in game one. Like you you wanted to get his confidence going heading into the offseason, and I think he did that and then some what a performance by Paul Seawald taking on that kind of volume of pitches and being able to finish that ending off because, you know, with each out, even though that he was able to get through it and able to get through those at bats, I'm like, what is Scott doing? Like, why isn't he taking Seawald out? He's like over 40 pitches now. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, because we know that Seawald has has kind of worn down here as of late, but he, I don't know. He, he just, he didn't blow up. It kind of felt like the blow up was coming and it just never happened. And he was able to make some huge pitches. The slider was really effective. A lot of good sliders in this game. Matt Festa, you know, you mentioned him just now, two scoreless innings. Slider was great. Like, he mm-hmm. was dominant. Really, like, all these guys were dominant, aside from Matthew Boyd, you know, Penn Murphy. I mean, even Murphy looked decent, um, despite giving up the home run to, to Pena. Like, these dudes, you know, this, we've talked about this being one of the best bullpens in baseball. It looked like it. And they needed yep. it to look like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, true team effort. <laughs> they used everybody, and they even had to dip down and use Robbie Ray again. Um, you know, Robbie, he, he got fine. it done. Yeah, yeah. No, he looks like he was using the slider a little bit more than uh, than his last outing. You know, his last two pitch outing, both fastballs down the pipe. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of nice. You know, Robbie uh, retires aside, and I don't know if you heard it on TV, but there was let's go Robbie chants and stuff like that. Uh, so that's good. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it was there was no booing of Robbie Ray or anything like that. So it it was you know it was a good reminder that. Uh, Seattle fans are are pretty good. Um, yeah, you know they're. Well, they, it's a good uh, reminder that like, hey man, we got your back. 
Like yeah, a lot of people are exactly. saying some stuff about you right now, but hey, we got we got your back, your ours, and we and like look, you, right? Like Mariners <laughs> fans don't really have a choice either, right? To, to right. root for Robbie Ray, you know, like he's going right. to be back next year, like he's going to be a big part of this thing. Sure, and again, I, I think people kind of overlook how good Robbie Ray was for a majority of the season. He just, you know, was his absolute worst at the worst times, and sometimes that happens, you know. So, uh, but yeah, you know, now in the stands where there are people like Robbie Ray, uh oh, <laughs> like yes, I would say a majority of them. But outwardly, yeah. you know, as far as he could hear, it was it was you know, let's go, Robbie, and and you know, there was a there's kind of a mini standing ovation when he got out of that inning. Um, so. Yeah, you know, uh, Mariner fans, <laughs> they can be pretty annoying on, on socials, but uh, at the ballpark, they're they're pretty great sometimes. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about that. Um, at the end of this, they, they lose the game. People have been there for six and a half hours or whatever, and I can't even imagine how you and everyone else there felt because, like, me watching the game at home and the coverage of my bed <laughs> for, for most of that game, I was tired of it. I was done. I didn't, like... There was mm-hmm. a point, obviously I wanted the Mariners to win, but there was a point where I'm like, just end it. I, I'm done watching baseball. I'm tired of watching baseball. I just want to move on. I don't care what happens at this point. Like, I, but at the end of that, let's go Mariners. Mm-hmm. Astros are celebrating on the field. Let's go Mariners. Da, 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 da. That's awesome. That's such a great yeah. moment. That's such a great send off for this team. That's such a, a you know, it's an appreciation. It's a love letter to this team. You know, it's a, a thank you for taking us on this ride. I, you know, I know that there was like a Reddit post that said like, oh, we should have a parade for this team. No, 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 no that's no, that's. No, no, but no, no. I do think that maybe there should be like maybe an event or something to just kind of say thank you to these guys. Maybe something at the ballpark or something like that. That would be mm-hmm. cool. But I think that you know, knowing that that's not going to happen, this was a really nice send off, considering the disappointment that everyone yeah. just had experienced. Yeah, that happens opening day 2023. Um, so yeah, but I mean, like some of these guys aren't going to be back and all that. Good. You know. <laughs> I never have to see Adam Frazier swing his pool noodle called a bat again. I'll be the happiest person on earth. Hey, Thanks don't for the disrespect. Double, Adam. Don't disrespect the Slafton on this show. I will not let you disrespect the Slafton. His swings were the worst swings I have ever seen on a professional athlete on Saturday. Oh my god, every single one of them was was like a sword like just it was so bad so bad but uh right. no it, <laughs> we will get to him when we do our second base preview probably sometime next week um yeah. but uh no it was uh it was it was an event man it, it certainly was mm-hmm. uh you know it's unfortunate I, the game going so long i think kind of dampened the idea that people were going to you know wait around for like a curtain call and, and stuff like that just because again six and a half hours, six hours in six and a half hours in whatever it is um you know it's a long day at the ballpark and it's a one nothing loss in 18 innings like people i think they just wanted like like a, a game like that really tests your love for baseball <laughs> it, it does it does and, and you know to to people's credit uh there were a few people who left you know 13th 14th inning which i can even blame them for i was like Okay, fine, whatever. But uh, yeah, I would say the last out there was probably still forty-two thousand people uh, there. Like, I would say ninety-five percent of the crowd was still there. Um, yeah, it, it was great. You know, I could look down from where I was sitting and I could see like 
the the you know people get up and the game's over and they exit and you can see like the wave of people leaving uh, and i saw that you know i saw people after the after the home run especially and i was like okay well people are leaving and uh uh no <laughs> most of them came back down so i i don't know what uh what had happened there but uh yeah it was it was a great crowd um definitely ran out of some some steam after about the 13th 14th inning a lot of people were just like <sighs> Like I can't, I can't keep standing up and, and doing all this. So, uh, it was, you know, emotionally draining day, but, uh, it was, it was a good crowd. It was best crowd I've ever heard at least innings one through like 12, 13, somewhere in that range. And then even the rest of the, inning, the rest of the game, it was, it was still a good crowd. Like, don't get me wrong, but it was definitely, mm-hmm. you know, you could tell it was, it was just a worn down and just kind of like a, <laughs> like, like just like actual, like physical tiredness had set in, um, <clears throat> Because, you know, you got to pace yourself uh, as a fan sometimes, but nobody's ever prepared to pace themselves for 18 innings. That just doesn't happen ever. So uh, it was it was still it was a great crowd, though. And, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And there was a lot of uh, uh, appreciation uh, from Mariner fans to the to the players. Um, <clears throat> not that many Astros fans. Uh, there was a little tiny streak of orange by their mm-hmm. dugout. But that was it. It was it was a sea of, of white and, and Navy, uh, throughout the ballpark. So it was, it was a great experience. Uh, you know, there weren't a lot of Astros fans in the ballpark. I happened to stand, uh, next to a, a couple of Astros, a groups of Astros fans in line to get into the ballpark, but that was it. Uh, for the most part, yeah. it was all white and, and, uh, Hey, you know, those Astros fans were cool. A uh, lady shared a story with us, uh, the group I was with that, uh, you know, she's an Astros fan. Uh, she's from Texas. Uh, her family was, and, uh, she told a story about how when in back in 2003 or four or whatever, uh, she was at a, uh, San Antonio rock hounds game or whoever the, the minor league affiliate is there, down there in San Antonio. And they waited outside of the, the clubhouse for an hour to get uh, Felix Hernandez to sign his San Antonio mm. missions, uh, Jersey and, and Felix signed it. So, um, it was, it was a cool story to read. And, uh, yeah, you know, I feel like for everybody at the ballpark, there's an appreciation that they were they were there, you know, and it was just something that yeah. they witnessed. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I didn't I didn't hear of any fights or anything like that. Again, not a lot of Astros fans. Um, there weren't. I you know I didn't I didn't hear of any obnoxious Astros fans at the ballpark or anything like that. So yeah. uh, I think it was just kind of a communal thing where even if there were you know different factions in, in the ballpark, uh, there there seemed to be some kind of uh, mutual respect about uh, you know two high quality baseball teams going to absolute battle with each other, and yeah. you know unfortunately in a war of attrition, the team that's more heavily fortified often wins, and that uh, happened to be the Astros. Yep, but this is going to be a fun rivalry for many years to come, and the the Mariners are on their way up. And the Astros know that, and that's the thing. Like, if you're actually getting legitimately upset about the tweets. <laughs> you're being silly uh, what it ultimately is to me at least this is how i'm taking it it's a sign of respect it's a sign of great respect for for your team it's a sign that like they know they know what's mm-hmm. like happening here they know what's brewing here in seattle and that's great and yep. uh you know it's great that you know finally people outside of the state of washington you know and the few of us that are spread out across the world respect the seattle mariners right it's great and i mean thing. that's a great thing yeah, you look at some of the national guys and they're talking about what an amazing atmosphere it was at the ballpark and how Seattle's a baseball town. And, and you know, we had talked in the past about 
uh, you know, Seattle as a baseball town, it's a sleeping giant. And one day a team's going to wake it up and it's going to unleash, you know, hell on, on the rest of major league baseball. And it happened and, uh, you saw it. And I guarantee you this, not only did the national media people saw it, see it, so did other players and they can recognize what's happening here. Especially so agents. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agents, fans, the league. Uh, yeah. You think Seattle's going to be on Sunday night baseball on ESPN a few times next year? I'd bet on it. So yeah, yeah. it was, it was yeah. a great announcement from, uh, you know, the city of Seattle and, and Mariners fans in general that, uh, we're here. You're going to recognize us. You're going to respect us. And sometime in the next year or two, you're going to fear us. And I, mm-hmm. I think all those are going to come to fruition here. So we're running a little late, but there were a couple of things that we do need to mention. First of all, Felix getting mm-hmm. Felix to throw out the first pitch. I had my doubts because, you know, we know that the, the relationship between Felix and the organization hasn't been great uh, since his exit. Uh, so there was a little bit of doubt in my mind that he would actually do it. But I mean, I felt that you needed to do that. You needed to have someone that was a part of the drought and a part of those dark years actually throw out the first pitch for the first playoff game in 21 years. And there was no one better to do that than Felix. Cause I mean, Ichiro had gone to the playoffs, you know, some of these other, other players had gone to the playoffs in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Felix though, never. And that was such a beautiful moment. Oh my God. It, uh, I, I didn't see it live cause they didn't show it on the broadcast. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I saw it on, I saw it on Twitter though. Uh, and you know the emo- the emotions. I, I was I was overcome by the emotions of it all. It was awesome to see Felix again. That was really cool. Yeah, the uh, the video they played beforehand uh, was was awesome. They didn't even like announce like turn your attention to center field. Blah blah blah. It was just awesome. It was just up there, and it was just like almost like a neon gold crown they put on the video board. And at that point, you know, pretty much everybody knew it was going to be Felix. The the buzz had started that he was in the ballpark and. Obviously, if he's there, right, he's he's there to throw out the first pitch. Um, but yeah, it just popped up on the screen. I, I think you can find it on on Mariners Twitter. I think they posted the video that they showed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a great video and it was awesome. He came out of uh, out of center field, um, <clears throat> you know, and obviously they're playing, you know, the man uh, his as he walks to the mound. Uh, it was great. And then, you know, Felix kind of took the the lazy way out. He didn't go up on the on the rubber. Uh, and he kind of like literally just like shot put it a baseball up there. It's like, mm, by the way, Felix, to have, buddy. Go- to have Goody catch it too. <clears throat> sure. Perfect. Sure. I, I would have thought, thought Ichiro would have caught it, but yeah, I mean, Goody's great. Everybody loves Goody. So, uh, yeah, kind of a, a weak first pitch from Felix. If I'm being honest, awesome entrance though. And, uh, he was, he was a good hype man for, uh, for, you know, some of the, the, the lull in the game where they, they'd flash him up in the box and, he tried to get people hyped and uh, it, w- it was just awesome to see him back at the ballpark because uh, you know, the history of the Seattle Mariners can't be written without Felix Hernandez. He's the best pitcher in franchise history. Uh, <clears throat> and I, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. He hasn't officially retired. He's not coming back to Seattle to pitch. Don't worry, <laughs> but he hasn't officially retired yet. And this will be his third year out of baseball, which means next summer would traditionally be when the team puts somebody in their team's hall of fame. Mm. Is Felix ready to accept that and and you know officially say he's retired because the league appears to have retired him for himself? But uh, if they were going to do something like that, next summer would be the first summer they would usually do it. So mm-hmm. we'll see. It was just nice to have him back in the ballpark, though. And awesome to I, see him. Awesome yeah. to see him in a Mariners uniform again and mm-hmm. doing something with the organization. And and that gives me hope that hey, like if if he doesn't do the Mariners Hall of Fame next year, that it will happen soon. Sure. 
I mean, he will be back. And, and I, I don't think there's any love lost between Felix and, and the fans, uh, between Felix and the organization, maybe a little bit, uh, which is understandable from Felix's standpoint. Uh, but also, you know, I'm not going to let Felix off the hook for the last three years he had here, but yeah. I'm also not going to like hold that against him forever. So yeah. yeah, you know, hopefully it's, it happens next summer. Maybe they can announce like a statue being built uh, of him because he absolutely earned it. And it's going to uh, yeah. be the perfect game. Oh sense. yeah. He's yeah, the Felixing. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it's Felix's, uh, you know, it's a good reminder of how special Felix Hernandez is and uh, you know, how much Mariner fans love, uh, love their guys. Uh, it's, it's really a relationship that's uh, tough to find uh, anywhere else. Uh, Mariner fans are sometimes over loyal, but uh, in this and, case, and, that, Felix, and that's why we're going to get yelled at about our takes about Mitch. Hanager. Yeah. Just warning you guys it, now. Yeah, absolutely. They're not, they're not but, you're, you're not going to like what we have to say about Mitch Hanager this <laughs> off season. <laughs> no, but uh, we're just being realist. You guys can be fans. That's fine. Uh, but in this case, Felix absolutely deserves the, uh, the admiration that he received on, uh, on Saturday. For sure. All right. Lastly, you wanted me to remind you to uh, shout out a listener of ours that you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I actually ran into three. I didn't catch the second okay. guy's name. Uh, unfortunately, we were kind of headed to our seats at the time. Uh, but want to give a shout out to Owen, who I met. Uh, let's see. That was probably pregame. Uh, and I think. Yeah, I think it was pregame because you, you messaged me pretty early on. Right. And then afterwards uh on the way you know on the way to my seats at the Kraken game which i only got to see the last period of 18 innings of baseball will make you late for a hockey game um i ran into another fan whose name ironically is also owen so shout out to the owens um yeah wow <laughs> yeah. and also <laughs> shout out to the uh the one gentleman whose name i didn't catch who also said uh hello so yeah appreciate that hopefully we'll see you guys at the ballpark next year um but uh yeah uh, thanks Owens and, and, uh, Owen, Owen, and somebody who I'm sure will reach out and tell us that was them. What, what does your family think when you get recognized at the ballpark? Do they, do they rib you a little <laughs> bit over it? <laughs> uh, I was with my aunts, uh, this time, uh, and my cousin and my, uh, my mom, uh, we all went together and yeah, my, my aunts think it's like this really super cool thing and, and it is cool. You know, it's, it's fun to say hello to our listeners and all that stuff. I don't mind it at all, but yeah, sometimes they think it's like this huge deal and I'm like, I'm just a dude on a podcast that he listens to. It's really not that huge of a deal, but, uh, no, I, I enjoy, I enjoy saying hello to you guys. So yeah, don't be afraid to, uh, say hello. Uh, I'm totally cool with it, but yeah, it, it's, Sometimes I think my family thinks it's like a bigger deal than than I do. I'm just like, yeah, no, it's cool to meet the meet meet people and all that stuff. And I, no, isn't it awesome? I'm like, I mean, yeah, but not like, I don't know. Like, I'm not yeah, I'm no, not sitting no, here like, my, oh, I'm George Clooney and that's the paparazzi, right? No, it's <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, hey, cool, I, thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, when my wife uh, or when I told my wife that I got you know recognized a couple times at at Rogers Center, she was like, "Oh my god, that's so amazing!" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, it's yeah. cool, but like, I don't yeah, have any right? delusions here." Either. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, I appreciate it's we appreciate it's you guys. Cool. We love you guys, and it's awesome yeah. to to meet you guys and actually put faces to uh, to mm-hmm. some of the comments and just some Absolutely. of our listeners in general. It's awesome. Yeah. It's just just understand that like like we're not like. Like, yeah, you know, I'm keeping track now. I've, I've met 18 <laughs> people, you know, in the last three games. So, 
pretty big deal. Like we're not running to our bosses and, and bragging about it. You know what I mean? Unlike some people we know. But anyways, mm. Um, mm. yeah. <laughs> shots yep. fired. Yep. Every time, uh, you know every time you I are. meet someone, hey, 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 guys, I took a picture with a fan. Look, I got recognized because I have. Oh, it's just so necessary for me to be recognized <laughs> and, and and for me to uh, to get a nice little pat on the back from everyone, even yeah. though it just completely goes unread and completely ignored. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. gonna do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Air. Keep saying podcast. hi at the ball, guys. Yeah, keep saying hi to us. And uh, we love we love hearing from you. Keep sending us comments. Keep sending us emails. We love to hear everything that you guys have to say. It's uh, it's awesome. And we're going to be doing a lot of that talking uh, talking to you guys over uh, the next few months as we uh, make our way to spring training. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, during the offseason talking about trades, and free agency. This is our, our this is our shine. <laughs> this is our moment. This is this is what we love to do the most on this show. This is what and we, we train a- for. Yeah, exactly. And we have, you know, a lot of new listeners that we've gained over the last few months. So just telling you guys, this is what we love to do the most is offseason talk. Obviously, we love to talk about when the Mariners are in the playoffs and contending for a World Series. That's great, too. But Jerry season, folks, Jerry season is the best. And uh, Mm -hmm. we're going to have a lot of fun covering it all. And we'll uh, tell you more about what our plans are for that soon. Uh, But tomorrow, we're going to give these guys a proper send off. We're going to do some... uh, you know, awards, some team awards and all that stuff later on this week. Uh, we're going to go, you know, position by position, do some breakdowns, do some free agency previews, all that good stuff, and uh, really get into the nitty gritty of this. Uh, but again, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-E-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace